And every time you walked in that door, you knew you had to give grandma a hug because that was like the password to get into the rest of the house before you could open the fridge or anything else. Uh, and that was the understood family rule, that presence, um, that grandma taught me a lot about what it means to be family. Welcome back everybody to the Valdogo podcast. I'm Vicky. And I'm Father Steve. And we have a special guest here with us. We have Brother Travis. Brother Travis. <laughs> and welcome back, everybody, to this season of Presence, I guess we're calling it now, and uh, hearing different stories from the Salesian family about uh, the people that were present in their lives and that helped them along the way, helped them on the journey. And we really believe and uh, that God speaks through people, and God is speaking to us through many, many people in our lives. And so here we have Brother Travis with us to share some of those stories about his own journey of faith and his life. Uh, but first, Brother Travis, let's just hear a little bit about who you, who is Brother Travis? Still figuring it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like us all. So Beautiful. Um, yeah, Brother Travis, originally from Arkansas, first 20 years of life there, the last 14 years all over the Northeast, one year in California and the last three in Spain. Um, those 14 years with the Salesians in formation, trying to grow as a man of faith, as a person, and as a solution. Um, I was an art teacher at Don Bosco Prep for a while, and this year I'm returning as the coordinator of youth ministry and excited. It's an awesome team, and, and it's a new adventure. And actually, Brother Travis and I are classmates. Yes. So we, did, we were in the division together. We did, made our first profession together. Also with uh, Father John Langan down in New Orleans. So it's uh, yeah, 10 years. 10 years, four of those together, and then yeah. the last, all last few all over the place. Running around, yeah. Sweet. So nice. So cute. <laughs> I love it. They have their like little baby picture <laughs> with Father Tom Dunn. They look like children. Yes. <laughs> it's yeah. the best. That was 10 years ago as of two weeks. Yeah, they we just, just celebrated, celebrated yeah. 10 years of Salesians, which... Is awesome. Does yes. it feel like 10 years? No, it feels like 20. <laughs> no, it, really? You yeah, really yeah. feel 20? There's sometimes when I look back and I just go, there's so many adventures. Like, how does that fit <laughs> in 10 years? years? Yeah. Wow. Um, but I, the best years are still ahead. Yeah. And wow. that's the crazier part. Like, it's been good 10 years, but the best are ahead. That's beautiful. And an art teacher. I had no idea you taught art. I did. I like working with my hands. So my discernment was, I'm going to teach. I'd rather not go back to study philosophy and theology, um, and I want to work with young people, and I really like one-on-one -on -one teaching, mm. which the art classroom naturally sets up. And so more than, like, I love art, I love the way the art classroom okay. uh, provides the opportunity to relate with students and to teach. So as a CYN, you're just going to art projects all the time? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the art teacher and I have already collaborated, like, we're so going to do something this year. Nice. So, so good. Um, we're not sure what, but I, I learned last year that every community I've lived in for the last 14 years, I've made at least some mark on some wall. <laughs> I painted something. That's awesome. Whether hidden or or official. You could start a mural tradition at Don Bosco Prep. Oh, it'll happen. We like already, I already did. Oh. First round, there's already one. I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm, that's like so. You know. But we got a new building, so there's new walls. So new we'll see wall. what happens. Beautiful. That's, that's right. Just panel over here. Father <laughs> Abe and uh, my principal, I didn't say anything. <laughs> Father Abe, did you hear that? Did you hear? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with Travis, Brother Travis is the uh, campus youth minister, the CYM at our school in New Jersey, Don Bosco Prep. So he's just beginning his first year. 
So we start tomorrow. Start tomorrow. Oh my gosh, back to school. When this podcast was recorded, not when you're listening. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> They've been in school. Uh, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, good. But okay, Brother Travis, so if you could just start us off with uh, one of the people in your life that you yeah, really saw that was present with you and had this effect, whether big, small, mm-hmm. um, but uh, something you want to share. Um. I say, oh, I've been thinking about this person. <laughs> so being the house where we're recording today is the Formation House in Orange. And I met this person here when I was a pre-novice. So 12 years ago. Um, and his name was Father Pat Dibber. And he was only here for one year. Um, and what I remember most about his presence was that every day when we'd come back from school, he would be sitting in the... Um, community room, which is the first room you pass along with the kitchen when you come into the house. And he'd be watching Looney Tunes or Family Feud. I forget, depending on the time of the day, he was, he was normally there for an hour, hour and a half. Um, and I asked him one day, I was like, do you like really like these shows? Like, cause he's, I don't know, just didn't fit his personality for whatever reason. I was like, why? He's like, no, no, no. I'm there cause I know it's the time that you guys come back from school and I want to make somebody, make sure somebody is there to say, say hello, say welcome home. Wow. Um, so in the simplest sense, that example for me of Father Pat is, is what stands out. There's some other moments. Um, during that year, I remember him passing by the kitchen and I was doing dishes and he goes, you make a good solution. <laughs> it's like out of the blue, no previous conversation, no, not much of a post. And I, I caught him in the hallway and I went, Why'd you say that? Like, if you're just saying that because I'm a decent guy and that's good, awesome. But if you see something in me, like, what do you see? So, no, 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 I see something in you. Like, I don't just throw that comment out. And I remember that presence, not the physical presence, um, but that presence. He knew me. He, it was that I see you kind of moment, that, that form of Salesian presence. And then the other one was the gift of we didn't know it till the end of the year that that was his last year of life that he had come here because he was battling cancer. But at the beginning of the year, he, he looked normally was fine. You know, he had to go to doctor's points, but by the end of the year, he was in, he was in hospice. And so in that transition time, when he needed to be cared for more and more, which was hard for him, his presence wasn't him being present to us. It was letting us be present to him, letting us bring him food, sit and watch TV, um, clean up his room, that, that gift, um, of letting us be present to him and to accompany him um, in those days that now we know were, were some of his last and that, that last gift that he gave us. Um, but even without that story, the first story still stands. Yeah. Uh, but it seemed appropriate to give the full story of Father Pat um, with that year with us. Wow, beautiful, my gosh. Yeah, and I, I was there, so I, I met him um, as well. But you bring up something that I guess our other our guests on the, on the podcast maybe didn't bring up is that I'm not only to be present, but then to call people in to be present with, with you. So mm-hmm. Father Pat had yeah, a beautiful way of, he was present to us, but then he just had a simplicity that allowed us also to be present with him and to, to want to serve him and to want to speak with him and spend time with him. And that was good for us, you know, learning how ourselves to be present with him. So it's a, it's a good point that, you know, we can, especially as Salesians, we want to do, 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 and, I want to be present. I want to go be where the young are. I want to do this. I want to do this. Um, 
but we also have that have that openness and that uh, receptivity that okay we're also we're, we are present but we're also trying to help people mm. to also be present to us so uh, it's good it's, yeah it's a good memory of him would you say it was like learned or would you say that it was like he was explicit like he was like come do this with me or was it like i'm gonna go do this with father pat it was okay so that that's another part of it it wasn't necessarily just father pat that was part of the story so mm-hmm. father steve who was our director at the time was like father pat can't come down for dinner like he's more tired and lethargic at night so if somebody would bring up dinner to him wow. and then it just became a natural thing that we kind of organized amongst ourselves to go up and then father pat received us very um yeah he, he was glad to have the company but also the food and and I, the line that hit me as Steve was talking was that our father Steve uh, was that it's not our gifts that make for a strong community. It's our needs. Mm-hmm. It's our weaknesses. It's in those that we build community because we recognize we need each other. And that, so it was intentional and it wasn't, it, it, it was community mm-hmm. it, it, living out in the best way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was probably hard for him too. You know, I don't remember those conversations, but anybody dealing with cancer and just having to learn to let go and to, you know, he was a missionary. He was a very capable Salesian. He, I don't know where he was. He was in the Philippines for a while, I think, or he was somewhere overseas. You know, so he was, you know, his name was great. He was a great Salesian. But then to have to let go and to have people serve you and to, you know, go through that pain, uh, yeah, not easy, not easy to do, I'm sure. No, the, the hard moment I remember was there was a day that he had made a mess in his room where he had just kind of fallen over and knocked some stuff over. And, you know, there was just a mess that needed, that he physically couldn't do. Um, and I had brought up his food and I was like, we're going to get this cleaned up. He's like, no, 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 no. You can't. I was like, we got to do it. He's like, but I'm not asking you to, I know you're not asking me, but it needs to be done. And if you'll let me, I'm going to do it for you. And he's like, but I don't want to. I was like, I know you don't want to, but we both need it. It's got to know it's got to be done. I don't have to tell anybody else that it happened and, you know, we're going to clean it up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so it, it definitely, it wasn't, he wasn't an angel, right. um, but he was the gift of presence. Yeah. Beautiful. And you had another one that you want to share, another person you want to share in your life? Yeah. Um, so it's my grandma. Um, we love grandma. Grandma was fun. Grandma lived in like the classic old farmhouse on top of a hill, wow. looks out over the valley. Um, my great grandparents built it so like the log floors are still in the bottom, like building the structure. Um, but it was grandma's house, you know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes from my own home. And every time you walked in that door, you knew you had to give grandma a hug because <laughs> that was like the password to get into the rest of the house before you could open the fridge or anything else. You had to um, you had to give grandma a hug, and then the last thing before you left was was a hug. And it didn't matter if it was your first time meeting her, you were a grandchild, son, um, daughter, aunt, aunt. It didn't matter who you were. The mayor, <laughs> you could not do anything else in that house, so you gave grandma a hug, uh, and that was the understood family rule. And that that presence um, that grandma taught me a lot about what it means. To be family. So grandma's house was the one that my aunts were great at this. My mom as well, that if there was anybody that you encountered amongst the friend group that didn't have anywhere to go for Christmas or Thanksgiving, let's go. 
like you're coming to grandma's house and uh, you get you, your password, you get the hug from grandma and she's like, welcome home. <laughs> and then the rest of the holiday, you were with our family playing cards and, and just being there. And grandma, what, was up in her 80s and 90s in the last, um, she passed away two years ago. She was 97. Um, but you just knew that there was the main dining room table. She had her seat. And everybody kind of rotated around her yeah. uh, and that she'd tell it how it was, 97-year-old. Nobody's <laughs> going to correct her. Um, but she, she had a curious way of making sure everybody knew that they were loved. Um, and I think we have that Salesian phrase that it's not enough for the young to, to be loved. They have to know that they're loved. Mm-hmm. And I, as much as I learned the phrase here, I learned the reality of it from her. That is beautiful. And I remember because we got to meet her because we were down there. And uh, I know she lives on in many ways in your family, but she lives on also in our uh, grandma's dice. The uh... Oh, there's so many card games and table <laughs> games that come from her. Yeah, oh, yeah. We went down. Uh, yeah. And we always play. Whenever we play this game, it always goes back to, we don't know necessarily why it's called grandma's dice or maybe it was called something else in the past, but we learned it at, at his grandma's house and on wow. the farm. And so now it's. Whenever we play, it's uh, Grandma's Dice. That's awesome. That's beautiful. I love that. The password in, <laughs> hug, welcome home, and then leave, close the door. <laughs> so good. So it's funny how that passed on to one of my aunts. Mm. You might have to edit this out of the... <laughs> but the rule was at her house as well is you got to say hello and give a hug before you can do anything else. I remember one of my cousin's friends who were about the same age coming in the house and going straight for the fridge. My Ooh. aunt is like watching TV or doing something else. He opens the fridge and my aunt yells across the house and goes, you get the out of my house right now. You know better than this. You go try again. And he runs out, goes out the front door, shuts the door, opens it back up, walks in and goes, hi, Miss Kirst. Oh my God. And he goes, hi, Curtis. He goes for the fridge, all is good. <laughs> but it was one of those rules. That, like, if you didn't meet it, you weren't accepted. In, it's so good. You were welcome, but you had to play by the rules. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, that's so good. I think that's part of presence, right? Like, to that part that you're saying, like, to be known, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that Father Pat, yeah, to be known by him so much that you could just walk by and make a comment. And he mm-hmm. was seeing his own thing, right? But when you do that greeting, right, all awkwardness disappears once you've had that greeting. You're like, do I feel out of place here, right? Like we're at this decision family barbecue, right? And it's like for everybody that you are encountering, like that's already okay. One step, no more awkward. There's so many new people. There's people you haven't seen in a whole year or whatever. Absolutely. So then to reintroduce, to say hello again, it just, I think helps. You can sell, you can tell an hour in everyone has settled, right? You see everyone settle back into or on the LR, like when we're doing the leadership retreats and all these kids are getting their name out. It's less of like this, like arms crossed, they're like hunched over and like kind of like hiding into themselves, but instead they're okay, fuller. They're talking to the person next to them. They're talking to their friend because there's not like this, what am I doing here anymore? Right. You've been introduced. Your name has been said, you're meant to be here. And I think that's such a good like example of presence, right? That, yeah, the name. Yeah. And I, I want to know what it, what it did for your family, um, because in the church and with the Salesians, we talk about this like sacrament of presence. Mm. You know? So it's a very, I mean, it's a, a tangible sign, a, a real sign of, of grace, you know, so sacrament. But having that as like your rock. So what does your grandma do? Having that 
that rock, that foundation, that presence in your family, like how did that, uh, I don't know, help your family or how did that inspire your family or hold your family together at certain points or, or whatever. There's some, something about being that rock, that center, that presence that, I don't know, can really strengthen a family. So I don't know if it's the same for your family or if you have uh, something like that to speak about. It's a large question. And my grandmother passed away, as I said, um, two years ago. Um, it's almost three. So like the impact of her life, we're still, we're still understanding, yeah. I guess, in some respects. So does my family get together as often? No. Is that a bad thing? Not necessarily. My family's huge. There's 16 of us grandkids and the grandkids are starting to have the great grandkids now. And so the family is just so large that it's not possible. Not everybody lives in Arkansas anymore. Yeah. So it's not, I wouldn't even say that's a, you know, grandma passed away so we don't get to get... That's part of it. She had the pool that yeah. would pull us together. But there's little things, the traditions that are transformed, I guess, are some of the, like, where I see a lot of hope and excitement. And the little things, like, my grandmother had this, looked like a tabernacle candle, one of those red candles that sits in the church yeah. that tells you Jesus is present. <laughs> well, my grandmother had one of those, and she would buy, like, from church supply, the, like, whole set of candles. And it didn't burn all the time. It was... If you had a test or an exam, you'd call grandma and go, Grandma, I got it on this date. Can you light the candle for me? Wow. And it was that symbol of prayer. It was like grandma's yeah. reminder for her to pray for us, but it was just like, continue. And so now that candle, candle holder with new candles, passes from family member to family. So whatever cousin, aunt, uncle wants it. So say they have a family member coming home or there's something, a big surgery coming up or something big then that candle travels to their house. Wow. Uh, and it's this reminder to pray. So that my grandmother, even without physically being present, still reminds us to pray. Yeah. Um, I think would be one of the things. And that tradition, as I said about my aunt, that it passed on to her this, right. it's a hugged answer. It's the same rule of my house. It's not, you wouldn't get kicked out necessarily <laughs> as fast. That's um, fast. <laughs> um, but yeah, those, those little, and then the, my mom talks about it. I heard her reflect recently the what it means to that everyone is welcome. There isn't that distinction that not everybody is welcome to stay. Yeah. If you don't play by the rules, if you're not respectful, if you don't want to be part of the family, nobody's going to force you. Yeah. And we're going to acknowledge that and say, hey, this isn't working out. But you're, everybody's welcome. Yeah. Everybody's welcome to enter. And I, I think that's a big turning thing for me that we hear everybody's welcome. That means anybody can come in, anybody can do whatever they want. No, no, no. For us to continue to live as a family and to be the strength. I think that's one of the things I hope to live out for my grandmother is this. Everybody is welcome. Everybody should be welcome, but everybody should be held accountable too yeah. what they are. So uh, talking about this, if you haven't seen the movie Big Hero 6, <laughs> I watched it last night and the older brother for me is one of the coolest examples of presence. Yeah. Uh, even though he only appears in the first half of the movie and a little bit at the end, there's there's a lot of glimpses of what it means to be present and it doesn't have to be a physical presence um, and what that means. And I wonder like what that's going to mean for you as a, as a CYM this year, you know, and like how you're going to be able to, I don't know, find your, find your grandmother right in the way that you're mm -hmm. approaching these, like, my gosh, hundreds of young men, right. That could potentially walk into your office. You're going to walk oh. by. I, I hope to make the prayer of St. Peter, my prayer from the transfiguration. It is good that we are here. He had no idea what was happening on the mountain of the transfiguration. <laughs> like Moses and is it Eliza or Isaiah? 
the two, yeah. Uh, Moses and Elijah on Transfiguration? Yeah, Moses and Elijah. Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> um, he goes, it's good that we're here. Let's build tents and let's do all this. But just that. There's so much that's going to happen this year is CYM that I'm not going to know. Mm-hmm. There's probably going to be chaotic moments where I'm like, ah, maybe I wish I wasn't here. <laughs> uh, but I hope to make the prayer of, of St. Peter's. It is good that we are here. And figure out where God wants to lead us from there. But it's tempting already to do all the planning, be stuck in my office and mm. go, this is important. And it is. But it'll never be more important than the young people in front of me. I have to learn that. But I'm glad that I can say it. <laughs> yeah. And it's, can... and it's recorded, so we'll play yeah, back yeah. for you. <laughs> hey, remember? Leave your office. Yeah. But it's true. I mean, you guys are, like, you have this insane privilege right of like being near the young people all the time mm-hmm. but it's hard because you're need you want to be with them but you have to plan and create and make sure that they're being provided for right also so i think it's like almost finding a balance of they're never right the planning for them is never going to be as good as like brother travis sat with me at lunch today and like we talked right or he walked with me to class or came to my game or yeah no, you brought back a memory of a young person I met in Spain. Um, his name's Matias. I remember sitting down with him and going, trying to think of how much privilege I have to share of his story. His family's in a difficult situation. He had to leave school. He's in his early 20s to go to work to help support his family. Um, and I remember sitting down with him for coffee one day and going, how can I help you? Like, how can I help you in this situation? Like, is it finding a school closer to you? Is it scholarship, like, to help you go back? Like, what is the situation? Um, I wasn't, I didn't have any money to give, but I was like, if, it, if it's a, if your family is in danger, can we help? And he, his answer to all that was, no, I don't need any of that. And I kept pushing, like, because he wasn't in school, but he was interested in going back. I was like, can I find, because you live way out of Barcelona. There's Salesian schools over there. Maybe we can see if something works out. He's like, no, no, no. And then he finally goes, if you want to, you can. But I'm not asking you to. Mm. And that, that lesson too, that sometimes I want to be present to the young in a specific way. But that's not what they need me for. Like even as a teacher, I remember there was a student I was really worried about. And I couldn't get to, I couldn't help him. It, it seemed like things were getting worse and I, I couldn't reach out to be of support to him. Um, and I remember going to all those other teachers and just going, hey, are you seeing this? What's going on? And then I learned the full story. Every other teacher was reaching out to him as well. He didn't need a seventh teacher to reach out and to be of support. He just needed another place to be himself and to mm-hmm. be free, which I was grateful the art classroom could be that. But I think that for me is the other side of the solution presence is it's a call from God as well. That's why it's a sacrament. It's not just how I want to be. As long as I'm amongst the young and present, I'm doing right. No, I learned very recently that that's not true. Mm. That there's still this level of discernment and yeah, and it takes a community. That Salesian presence can't, can start with one person, but it rarely if ever ends with one person. It takes a community yeah. to be Salesian presence. That's my soapbox. Done. Beautiful. Love it. Good job. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah, Trav, thank you very much for uh, yeah, taking the time and uh, sharing with us a little bit about your life. Now we just ask our guests to, to pray us out. So just say a little prayer for us to finish this episode. Okay. All right. In the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
Lord, thank you for this opportunity to share, to listen, um, and to begin as this, this new year, new adventures uh, start off. Most of all, for, for the listeners and for the three of us here, continue to surprise us with your love. Show us your way, and please grant us your, your mother to walk with us, um, or Jesus, grant us your mother to, to walk alongside with us, to, to hold our hand as, as she held Don Bosco's throughout his life. We simply ask Mary help Christians. Pray for us. In St. John Bosco. Pray for us. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Travis. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next week. See ya. Bye bye. Bye. Bye.